Welcome back to the Burn Yard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Chappell, along with... Pardon us, bro. We're, we're coming to you this week with episode 46. 46 of the Boneyard Podcast. Artie, we, you know we put our first episode out March 8th, 2020. We're, we're approaching that one-year mark really quickly. We are, approaching the, we, we are approaching the anniversary mark. It's getting real close upon us. Uh, I'm excited for it, man. That anniversary episode's got to be, it's got to be something huge. It's got to be yeah. big. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're we're trying to book interviews right now. We're we're working on all of that. Um, we we want to blow that thing up. So, yeah, stay tuned. We'll we'll hopefully be doing some big things for that. But uh, already, really, there's there's not much to talk about on, on the ECU front, and really in sports in general. I mean, you're kind of in the yeah. mi- midst of um, basketball and hockey, just kind of like rolling along, and then. Baseball is about to start up here with spring training starting in the next week or so, but that's it. That's all that's going on. Everything feels so weird. So, I mean, we're right in the middle of college basketball, but, you know, you have all these breaks. ECU's on another pause. You know, I'm, I'm watching, you know, before we hopped on, I was watching Michigan, Wisconsin, which in, you know, any under, under any normal circumstances, you know, that would be one of the premier games of the weekend. Michigan's ranked number three. Wisconsin's ranked number 21. The building will be packed, and it's just absolutely quiet and silent. And it's just like, I don't know, it, it just feels weird. Like, everything just feels weird. It feels off. Um, no, you know, the, the, the big-time marquee games that otherwise would be huge don't feel, don't feel huge. You know, we're about to enter March Madness, and it doesn't even feel like we're about to enter March. So, I don't I, know, it's just, it's just I, weird. I don't even know how they're going to, like, do the selections for the teams uh, for March Madness. Like, how, how do you have a – true selection process. I mean, yeah, you'll have your top 25, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to look at some, I mean, some you, of these teams. You've already got more than enough teams in a tournament anyway. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a big problem with that. All right. Yeah, so, I mean, really, like you said, um, it, ECU basketball, they're on pause again. Um, we, I made the joke earlier this week. Uh, we, we have more pauses and more top five wins than both uh, Duke and Carolina combined. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's been a rough stretch for, for ECU. Um, hopefully they can get everybody back healthy. I don't know what's going on. I mean, you would think by now everybody's either had it or is getting out of whatever they were dealing with. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. How how does this keep happening? Your guess is as good as mine, man. I, I don't I don't I don't know how we keep having all these pauses. Um, you know, that you, you would think at this point everybody would just be in a bubble. You know, you, they had each player just, just you, stay you, in your state, stay wherever you are. We'll bring food to you. We'll bring whatever you need to you. Just do not go out. Just just stay where you're at. Stay still. Play video yeah. games. You you, you, would, you would think that these guys would understand by now, and who knows? And, it might be false positives. Who knows? But you would think by now they would understand and say, okay, we, we need to get our shit together and, and uh, start playing some basketball. Because if this keeps happening, there's not going to be any American Athletic Conference tournament or even a chance for an NIT appearance or whatever. Cause right. We might not be able to finish the season. We Yeah. We, we might finish the season with less than 20, 20 games played. I mean, it <laughs> – it's crazy to think about. So ECU had uh, three more games postponed, uh, two two of which were supposed to be against Temple, 
one against Houston. Um, I'm fine with the game against Houston being postponed. I knew that they were going to be uh, kind of upset after the last meeting, um, the way that ECU kind of uh, yeah. just kind of dropped them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm okay with that one, but I would have liked to play Temple. I think that's a team that we match up well against, get two more wins there, and uh, get get the season rolling right again. But, yeah, Artie, it's it's – it's a strange time for, for sports fans in general, but especially now that, I mean, football's over, professional football's over, and, I mean, I, I don't even know. I, I don't know where we go from here, but things are going to pick up. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's the dark days of sports. You know, when, when football goes away, you know, you don't have no college football or pro football. It's, it's the dark days of sports. But we do have baseball. We do still have basketball, even though you don't like basketball or watch basketball at all. So I guess you just got baseball and hockey. But the rest of us have baseball, hockey, and, and basketball. I mean, I watch college basketball. Right. I, don't, I don't want I – don't. Nah, you barely watch – you don't watch no college basketball, Jerry. I watch, I, watch, I watch more college basketball than you think I watch college basketball. I'll, I'll, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't really think you keep up with it. I, I I do, but uh, you're, you're man, you're coming after me today. Like even before we hopped on the call, hey, you, hey, look, man, <laughs> you, you're talking shit. Before we hopped on this call, you were talking mad shit, and I I don't I got I, don't, I got first I take appre- vibes today. I don't appreciate, <laughs> but I got see, I got I got Stephen A. Max Kellerman vibes today. <laughs> but never mind. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, yeah, next week. ECU baseball, they get to host Rhode Island um, to kick off the 2021 mm-hmm. baseball season. Um, one of the things that ECU fans always look forward to, especially after um, the past six years where it's been uh, hard to be an ECU football fan. It's easy to be an ECU baseball fan, and, and there's going to be a lot of good things that happen this year. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about this team. But uh, you and I, we we sat down over the last two weeks. We've talked to a couple um, – key people in the media about what they think about this team. Uh, first of which, yeah. Aaron Fit from uh, D1 Baseball, which is the site that I use, ESPN uses, to keep up with college baseball rankings. They have ECU Baseball ranked preseason top 25. Um, and then we also talked to the play-by-play voice of ECU, Corey Glore. Um, that, and we had a lot of fun talking to Corey that that was a very fun um, yeah that was a very fun interview make sure you stick around for the whole thing because that was Mm -hmm. that was a blast um but Artie I I say um let's go ahead and start throwing it over to uh to our first interview with with Aaron Fitt from D1 Baseball how's that sound absolutely let's do it let's get into it all right so here's our conversation with Aaron Fitt from D1 Baseball So this week on the Boneyard Podcast, like you know, or as you know, we're, we're doing our ECU baseball preview. Um, we, we're pleased to be joined by one of the guys from D1 Baseball. His name's Aaron Fit. Aaron's been with D1 since 2015. He's from Durham. He knows the area. He knows the baseball teams in the area very well. So uh, we're, we're delighted to have him on. Aaron, thank you for joining the Boneyard Podcast. How you doing, man? 
I'm doing great. It's great to be uh, talking some baseball with you guys instead of oh, yeah. you know, talking about legislation stuff and scholarships <laughs> and roster really. All that stuff's over. Let's, let's talk baseball. I'm, I'm fired up. Yeah. <laughs> As am I. So um, really, I, I just wanted to kind of jump right into it. Looking at uh, ECU this year, ECU baseball, um, is, is there any guys on this team that – I know this Cliff Godwin's been on record by saying – that he thinks that this is one of the most talented teams he's ever had, one of the most skilled teams he's ever had? Is there a guy that stands out um, that may, is set to have a breakout year this year? Well, I think there's a bunch of, of breakout candidates uh, that you could you could pick from, really. Um, I, I'm going to start with, I think, Carson Wisenhunt. That's the guy that I'm, I'm probably most excited to see what he can do in, in year two in the program. Um, you know, he, he got his feet wet in that shortened season last year as, as a freshman. Um, came in as a two-way guy. I think he's going to primarily focus on, on pitching now. I'd be surprised if he does any more hitting because he's too valuable off the mound. And, you know, I mean, it, that's how you draw him up. He's a six-foot-four left-hander. Um, his, his velocity took a, took a jump this year um, in, in the fall. I mean, actually, I saw him pretty good in the summer, too, at the Coastal Plain League. And you could see that the stuff was starting to tick forward uh, from what it had been. And, you know, and then this year, I mean, this, this fall, the, the, the fastball, I think, was like 90-95 pretty consistently. Um, the curveball is just a, a hammer. I mean, a legitimate out pitch. And uh, a changeup continues to improve. So, I mean, it's, you know, he's a three-pitch guy. And I think he's got a chance to kind of be the guy at the front of the rotation. And that's the one thing when I look at this team um, that, that is, I think, the biggest question they have to answer. Because, you know, it's great. You, you got you got Jake Coochmanner and, and Tyler Smith and they're, you know, they're warriors, they're proven veteran guys on the mound. Any team would love to have those guys. Um, but, you know, if you're, if you're going into a super regional against Louisville, um, you need somebody with big power stuff that you can throw at them, you know, and, and, and try to shut them down. You need that shutdown arm. And maybe it's Gavin Williams. Um, but, you know, we've been waiting for it all to really click with Gavin Williams for a while now. And um, I'm, I don't know what role he's best suited in. You know, you see him on the right day and, and you know, it's, it's obviously it's electric. I mean, he'll show you a hundred. Um, there aren't a lot of guys like that, but you see him on the wrong day and it's, yeah, you know, 90, 92 with a sloppy little breaking ball. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it just, we need more consistency out of him. And maybe again, maybe yeah. this is the year he figures it all out. I think this is year three in the program now. I mean, or year four, he's, he's been around a while. Um, he's, he's got a chance to be that guy, but my money is on Wisenhunt. That, that's, the, that's the breakout candidate, and I think it's one of the big, big keys to the, to the whole team this year. Okay. Yeah, and, and, Go ahead, and Aaron, realistically, what kind of run do you think ECU can, can have this year? Do you, do you see a super regional? Do you, like, what, do you, what do you see from East Carolina baseball this season? Yeah, I, th- I think they've got – I mean, they've got Omaha upside. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. that's – really a stretch to say I mean for me again it's just a matter of how how the pieces will will, will click into place on the mound because uh, I look at this position player group and I think it's very, very strong you know um, even even though you, you lose an Alec Burleson of course mm-hmm. it's not an easy guy to replace um, a first round talent one of the best players in the country the last three years I mean really if you talk about the two-way value um, you can make a case that nobody in college baseball has been more valuable the last three years than, than Alec Burleson yeah um, but even without him, you know, I, I think there's, there's, there's some firepower in the lineup. I, I'm expecting a huge year from Connor Norby, um, you know, who, of course, performed very well in that shortened season at second base. I mean, he can, he can run. He can hit. He's got some power. He defends at second. Um, I think he's kind of one of those sneaky, 
you know, I don't know if you call him a five tool guy. Maybe, maybe he is something of a five tool guy. Um, but he's, he's not like, you know, your, your, your prototypical, um, like Bryson Worrell is more like mm-hmm. you think of as, as a, you know, a physical specimen athletically, um, in center field. And, and certainly Bryson Worrell can, can, you know, he's going to have a big year too. I mean, I've, I've always liked him physically, um, switch hitter, you know, with power and speed and can really defend in center field. So, you know, those two guys, Thomas Francisco, we know he's got power from the left side. We know he can hit, um, you know, and, and Zach Agnos, I've, I've been high on since, you know, the fall of his, his freshman year. Um, I think he's going to have a really big year at third base. I love the, um, the, the defensive personnel too. That that's one thing that, that jumps out to me. I think this could be an elite defensive club, um, you know, starting just right up the middle with, with, with Seth Cadell behind the plate. I mean, Cliff Godwin raved about him in the fall. He thinks that uh, this guy could be, you know, the best defensive catcher they've had at ECU. And, and, you know, they've had some good ones there in his time. Um, but, you know, Norby and Ryder Giles, I think Ryder Giles can really pick it at shortstop. Um, you know, as good as Turner Brown was, Cliff thinks that Ryder might actually be, be better there. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, you know, he moves well. He, the actions are smooth. The hands work. And he's got arm strength. Um, so, you know, I think Norby and Giles is a strong double play combination. We talked about Bryson Worrell. And then third base, um, you've got Agnos, who I think, you know, if, if you put him at shortstop, he'd be fine there. So if you got really a shortstop playing third base, that's a, that's a real advantage. Um, so, you know, I, I think the defense is going to be fantastic. I do think, like I said, there's, there's, there's power, there's speed, there's ability to hit for average. There aren't any easy outs. There's a lot of experience in the lineup. The, you know, the gritty Lane Hoover type guys, mm-hmm. um, you know, Giles, like those guys are going to grind out at bats. And, um, and, and one more name we hadn't talked about in that, in the freshman class, you know, probably the, the, the one true freshman that I think could step right into that, that veteran lineup and make a big difference this year is, is Josh Moylan. Um, gotcha. You know, just a, just a big old donkey at first base. I mean, it's, <laughs> you think about East Carolina first base, you think about Spencer Brickhouse and Bryce Harmon, you know, these, these big guys that, that hit, hit balls a mile and, and he fits right into that mold. Um, but that's he's, what I like he's to also, hear. Yeah, but you know, but he's also polished for for uh, for his age. He's not just a grip it and rip it guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, he can he can hit one over the light standards, but um, but he'll he'll wear out the the opposite field gap. And um, you know, I think he's got the ability to to, to work counts and, and hit for average and get on base. In addition to, to being a, a a real physical, powerful presence in the middle of the lineup, so um, that guy I think is going to be a big star over the course of his career. Gotcha. Yeah, I. I... I, I'm excited for, uh, as all ECU fans are, I'm excited for baseball season to to get rolling. Um, just want to take a look ahead. ECU, uh, they, they've got some decent matchups set up for this year. I mean, teams like um, Duke, UNC, App State, UNCW, those in-state rivals. Um, can, can you give me any kind of insight on how they match up with, with schools of, of that caliber? Yeah, um, you know, I think they've one thing that, that you like is I think those are all midweek matchups. Um, it, it really helps to have pitching depth, um, you know, for those for those those games where you're playing a fourth or maybe a fifth game a week. Um, and and ECU has it this year. I mean, I think this is you know, everybody's deep in the mound this year because you know the the five round draft uh, meant that a lot of players are back in school and the extra year of eligibility. So you're getting players back for a, in some cases a fifth and sixth year. Um, on campus everybody's deep but but certainly ECU is too and and you know I think you, know, you can mix and match in the midweek I mean they've got four viable starters depending on what they do with Gavin Williams um, but you know 
a couple of years ago when Cooch Manor was kind of just busting out. Um, if you recall, he, he was, he was a midweek guy and he almost threw that no hitter. Was it at, uh, at Ole Miss? And then um, a week later, he was like one out shy of a no hitter at Ole Miss. I think mm-hmm. it was and a week later through the perfect game, yep. uh, but he gave them, you know, a real weapon in that Tuesday job. And I think that's, that's really important. You know, when you're not in, like the ACC or the SEC, you, you kind of need those midweek games against the, against the Carolinas and the Dukes um, to, to bolster your resume. And so, um, you know, it, it helps that they've got four guys, whether it's Wilson Hunt or, or Gavin Williams or whoever it is who, who pitches in that role. And, and then they can, they can mix and match in the bullpen, like I said. I mean, you know, I like some of those veteran pieces like the Carter Spiveys and the C.J. Mayhews and Garrett Saylor. I mean, some of these guys who, who've been around for a while. And, um, and then the, the group of arms they brought in last year, now second year in the program, you would expect some of those guys will take a, year for, a jump forward. Um, so, you know, first, first and foremost, yes, I, I think that they can mesh up with, you know, the, the UNCs and the Dukes on the mound. Are they playing NC State this year? No, uh, Elliot Avent is still dodging us, so so we'll, we'll, leave, it, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> he fears the Pirates, is that it? The, the, yeah, oh yeah, most the, definitely. The phantom rain delay. Uh, don't That's even right. get me started. <laughs> um, so you you talk about the in-state – we talk about the in-state teams, but what about anybody else from the American Athletic Conference? I, I saw one of the uh, – I'm not going to mention who, but I saw one of the other uh, blogs uh, said that a team UCF was the team to beat in in the American Athletic Conference. What can you tell tell us about that? And and I don't agree with that assessment. I mean, UCF had had the best year last year. Um, you know, they went out there and swept Auburn and on the road and, and went fifteen and three, and that was loud. I mean, when the season ended, I think they were uh, right, right around the top ten in, in the rankings, and they deserved that. But um, you know, then, then they lost some key guys. I mean, Joe Sheridan, uh, and, and Trevor Holloway off the mound and, uh, Dalton Wingo from the lineup was really their, their best player. Um, you know, and, and so I, I think that they're, they're not quite the same team they were. I mean, I still like them. Um, you know, you still got, I think a solid number one guy in your rotation with Colton Gordon, um, the lefty who came in as a Juco transfer last year and, and really established himself as a, a legitimate, you know, front of the rotation type guy. It's not like overpowering stuff, but he can pitch. Um, I, I like a couple of guys in the bullpen. I mean, Jackson Clare I've always liked. Um, you know, he, he, he can be a weapon for him. But I, I think the rest of that rotation has a lot to prove. And, um, you know, and, and you look at the lineup and it's, 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 there's some athleticism there, but I don't see a lot of real firepower. Nothing that really excites me like, like East Carolina has. So I, I, think they're, I think they're a regional caliber team. But not even a slam dunk regional caliber team for me. I, you know, I liked them more last year. I think ECU is, you know, is an obvious regional team. But I mean, for me, it's like after after the Pirates. I I would say that UCF, Tulane, um, are probably the next two in some order, and maybe Houston could be in that mix. I think they're going to bounce back. They were, they were not good last year in the short season, but I think they'll bounce back from. Uh, from talking with my, my colleague Kendall Rogers, who lives there in Houston, um, he liked what he saw from those guys this fall too. So, um, you know, the league is always competitive. I think it's—I mm-hmm. don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing for the league that they they lost UConn um, because UConn is is a, is a quality program, and, and I think frankly, I think it's better for the league to have that extra quality program. But it's also, mm-hmm. you know, it's one less threat, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it makes the, the road a little easier, but. UConn is going to be good this year, but they're going to be good in the Big East and not the Americans. So, um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's yeah, actually, I mean, the league is, is, is always deep though. It feels like every year the American is, has like six teams bunched together within mm-hmm. three games of each other. Right. Um, and you know, Wichita state kind of quietly got off to a really good start last year. Uh, nobody expected anything from, from those guys in the, the first year of the, the Eric wedge era. Uh, but, uh, you know, he did a good job, got those guys to play with, with, a, with an edge and, um, I think they're kind of the sleeper team that, that could sneak up on people and, and maybe make a run at the Pirates this year. Um, and, and then, you know, Cincinnati, it's kind of another one of those blue-collar programs that always seems to fly under the radar, but they got a really good coach there, Scott Guggins, um, who does a great job getting them, you know, just motivated and, and to, to play to the best of their, their talent. And so I don't think you can really overlook those guys either. So it should be, it should be a competitive conference once again and I see it as probably a three-bid kind of league um, maybe two but uh, but three feels comfortable uh, especially after ECU runs the table on them right yeah. <laughs> now now we are still in the, in, in the middle of a pandemic and, and given everything you just said what is your expectation as a whole for the entire college baseball season and how do you think COVID is going to affect these teams nationwide that's the big question um, yeah you know and, and I wish I had a better answer, but I'm kind of in wait and see mode like everybody yeah. else is right now. You know, I'm trying to make my schedule for the first couple of weeks and uh, I don't know. I mean, are they, you know, are they, are they going to let me in the ballpark uh, <laughs> in all these places? I mean, I don't know. I know that fans probably won't be allowed most places, which, which stinks mm-hmm. um, because obviously that's a big part of our game is the atmosphere. And, and certainly you guys in Greenville know, I mean, yeah. you've got an awesome game day atmosphere. I mean, the best in the state. Um, but uh uh, so it won't be the same. It's a shame that, that, you know, Pirate Nation won't be able to enjoy this team uh, in person because it's going to be a really good team. I, I would be surprised if we have fans at games all year. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised with the way the vaccines go, but I'm not optimistic about that. But, um, you know, it, it'll be like football and basketball where you've got kind of starts and stops with, you know, with uh, people having to, to reschedule when there's a wave of COVID that comes through and, and you know, teams that have depth, We'll, we'll have an advantage, of course, um, but uh, uh, we'll see. I mean, it's a brave new world. I'm just, I'm just glad that there's an actual plan in place to get this season in, and, and um, fingers crossed, hope for the best. And I, and I kind of wanted to, to ask you, kind of switching gears a little bit, you know, there, there's a lot of rankings for, for college baseball, right? I think I've seen six, seven, eight rankings maybe uh, for, for college baseball. Why, why isn't there one to three centralized rankings for college baseball? And then on top of that, why is D1 baseball ab- above the pack or, or above the rest? Well, I'll answer the, the second part first. Um, and we're not, we're not the oldest ranking, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, before, in fact, before I worked at, at D1, I was at, at Baseball America for, for 10 years and um, BA has been around for 40 years now. And it's certainly a very reputable top 25 and mm-hmm. um, collegiate baseball is the oldest one. Um, they've been around f- for decades. Um, but, you know, I, I think just speaking for our, our rankings, I mean, I, I think we um, do the most homework. We're the ones out there spending all fall looking at teams. I mean, I saw 35 teams this fall, uh, you know, in the span of seven, eight weeks, mm-hmm. um, maybe more than that, you know, and we've got guys in, in Texas and the West Coast and Florida that are all going out to games and trying to get a look at teams and talking to all the coaches and you know, we, we did fall reports on, on over 100 teams, you know, uh, all of them talking with, with the coaches and staffs and, and, you know, having our own observations. And so we, we feel like we have a lot more comfort level with 
anybody who could remotely be considered a top 25 team. Like we've seen them, we, we know them. And so, you know, um, I think, I think the fact that the NCAA uses us as their only baseball ranking. And now I think ESPN also does. Um, it kind of shows you, I, I'm proud of what we've been able to do, you know, in, in just six or seven years. And, and, and that, that also comes from putting the right team together. You know, I mean, Kendall and I were, were rivals for, for a long time when he was at, uh, he was a perfect game for that. He was at Yahoo and, and he did a great job. Um, but when we decided to, to hook, you know, team up and work with Kyle Peterson, of course, who's kind of the, the voice of, of college baseball and on ESPN and he, he runs the show for us behind the scenes and we got Mike Rooney on board now, another, you know, big personality uh, for ESPN who's just so passionate and knowledgeable about the game and Patrick Ebert who used to be at perfect game and um, you know, Eric Sorensen, who's, he's got his own long background over, over two decades, Mark Etheridge, right. SE, SE baseball. I mean, I kind of feel like we've put together a kind of a dream team of, of, of writers. I love working with these guys and yep. uh, um, yeah, you know, like, as, as for why there are so many, I mean, I, I think we all wish there weren't quite so many, but um, <laughs> selfishly, of course, you know, we wish there weren't so many, right. exactly. uh, but, but I think everybody thinks they can do a poll and anybody who wants to can do a poll and, and, you know, schools are, will take any press they can get, you know, if you're, if you're uh, number 27 in the uh, whatever.com poll that nobody's ever heard of, then so, you know, well, let's put out a release. Put it out there. Put it out there. So be it. Yeah. And that, that's actually a great segue into, into my next question, Aaron. So ECU ranked 25th right now on D1 baseball preseason. Um, what went into that? Um, why, why, why the 25th ranking, um, not higher, not lower. Why that number? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I felt confident that they were a top 25 team, um, you know, just based on the position player group and, and the depth on the mound. Um, you know, st- we, and, and our, the way our process works is we sit down and we actually grade out all the teams in, um, you know, a, a variety of categories. We'll look at their, their hitting, kind of their, their general on-base ability, their, their power, speed, defense, starting pitching, bullpen, um, and then kind of like an experience intangibles category. And, and, uh, and we have kind of like a rated system. You know, we, we use the, like a modified 2080 scale, which is the scale that scouts use when they're evaluating prospects. Uh, and, we, and we weight certain things more than others. And that gives us kind of a raw average. And that's just a starting point. It's not like we're not, we don't stick to the number. Uh, as we go all the way through, but it kind of gives us an idea for how, how we feel about each team. And, um, you know, and, and I would say usually uh, teams that have really strong proven pitching tend to be at the top um, because pitching still wins, you know, and, um, and, and that's, I guess, the one reason that, that ECU wasn't higher than it is, is, is like, like we talked about before, we want to see that front line shut down pitching emerge. And, and I think there are a couple of candidates for that, but we still need to see that. And when, when it happens, I mean, this could be a top 10 team. I mean, they really, they have that kind of potential. Um, but, you know, everybody's so good in college baseball this year. It's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be easy for anybody, you know, to, right. to make an Omaha run. And it's going to be harder than ever. I mean, I think this is the most talent we've ever had in college baseball. So um, I got, you know, you look at the SEC and it's like, wait, you're telling me somebody has to finish last. I mean, like if you stuck, you know, Missouri, who was the team that we finished, we picked to finish last, stick them in, in, you know, almost any other league and they're a regional team. I mean, really, even right. if they're in the ACC and the ACC is strong, you know, we've got 10 teams projected to make regionals in the ACC, but 
stick Missouri in there. I mean, they're as good as Clemson, um, you know, I think. And, and so, you know, stick them in the American and they're, you know, they probably give East Carolina a run for their money. I don't think they're as good as ECU, but they're, you know, they're probably the number two team. Um, and, and they're, they're picked to finish 14th in the SEC. I mean, it's nuts. The, yeah. the SEC is just like. They, the they, SEC is loaded. Yeah. And they, they pour, they pour so much into baseball. I mean, the amount of resources that they devote to it. If you look, if you look at all their stadiums and I mean, you know, everybody's yeah. now, I mean, like Mississippi state, they open this, what, $55, $60 million palace and it's the gold standard. And then <laughs> a couple of years later, Kentucky's got a $50 million ballpark and mm-hmm. Florida just opened a, I don't know, $60 million ballpark. And it's just like, you better it's keep insane. up. You better it's keep insane. up. <laughs> I, I, it is. Yeah, I, I don't know how they do that. Um, well, I know how. It's it's uh, most, yeah, yeah. you know how a lot, a lot of it's coming from that that uh, old money that that football yeah. money. I was, I was about to say that's <laughs> that's all football money in SEC. No doubt, you can pay for a lot. No doubt, and, and so, but you know, and that's certainly true. But you know, that's also the only conference where baseball is generally profitable. Um, it, not right. on all those schools, but almost all those schools, baseball at least turns a profit where it, it doesn't most other places. Even in the ACC, it's only a couple that actually operate mm-hmm. in the black. Um, so, you know, that's because the fans, they show up, they love it. Yep. I mean, I, I had somebody at old miss fan, uh, DM me the other day asking if, if I knew when opening day was going to be for the 2022 season, because he's, uh, he's trying to plan his wedding and he wanted to make sure it wasn't the same weekend <laughs> as the old miss opening day. You know, I mean, that, I love that stuff. And man, my, my wife even made me have a, have, have our wedding on our, uh, on a ECU football game. So like, Oh, come on. Have know, some right? feel. I know. I know. She, she went to UNC. So, um, oh, <laughs> she did not care. Yeah. She, she didn't, she didn't care. Um, so you, you talk a little, you talked a little bit earlier about how, you, what you think the upside is for ECU. You said upside, definitely upside Omaha. What will it take for ECU to, finally get over the hump is it is it just that that pitching standpoint yeah I mean that was I guess for me the one thing that the year they lost to Louisville in the super and that was the best team they've had that team was so good you know and 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 hey I know ECU fans felt like they should have hosted that super and I don't blame them I mean they had a strong case Mm -hmm. um you know we broke down the numbers and I mean we kind of knew that Louisville was I think it was Louisville got it over them uh, there was that, that was the eight nine matchup if I'm not mistaken. Um, we kind of knew that would happen, but just based on the number of high end wins, top twenty five, top fifty, those kind of metrics, RPI stuff. I mean, you know, ECU had built a really strong RPI that year, but they just didn't have the, the elite high end wins, which is just a product of their conference. It's not their mm-hmm. fault. Um, but you know, that makes a difference because if that series is in Greenville, I'm not sure that it goes the same way. I mean, as it was, Louisville kind of boat raced them there, but. You know, that team, Louisville is tough to play at home, too, in the postseason. Their, their, their fans get into it, and, and they are very comfortable on that, on that field. Uh, but the same goes for ECU. I mean, that home field advantage is yeah. worth it's a real. lot. Yeah. It's real, you know. And, and, and uh, so that's just part of it is, you know, if you can get that thing at home, boy, it's, uh, that's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that, that team actually had, you know, you, you had a legitimate dude on Fridays and in, in, in Jake Agnos. Um, who, who, who matched up with anybody. I mean, that, that was a real guy. And so that team actually had some, some pitch. I still think they were a little, you know, again, if you're comparing them um, to Louisville pitching talent wise beyond that, they're still lighter than, than Louisville. That was, that was the difference between the two teams. I mean, I think ECU had certainly the offensive firepower to match up. Um, that, that, that Cardinal team could really hit too, but ECU could match up there. But the, the main difference was aside from Agnos, I don't think they had the real 
big time arms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, you know, that, that's, it's hard to get those, those premier arms, uh, but that certainly just needs to be an area of, of, of continued emphasis. Now, think, looking at ECU, ECU, uh, I mean, you, you look at somebody like Cliff Godwin, I mean, he embodies being a pirate. I mean, he's an ECU alumni. I mean, he, he came back after leaving Ole Miss. What does he mean to ECU, like, from your standpoint? And where does he stack up about, among top coaches in the country? Yeah, you know, everyone knew when they hired Cliff that it was, it was a home run. I mean, that's exactly the guy that they needed to hire. He was a no-brainer. You know, he wanted the job. He's, he, he bleeds purple and gold. And mm-hmm. um, his reputation is impeccable. I mean, you know, you look at what he did when he was on staff at Ole Miss and LSU. And um, I think he was even at UCF and had them rolling for a while. Um, I mean, he's, you know, everywhere he goes, they hit like crazy. I mean, he's one of the best hitting instructors in the country. I, you know, I, I feel pretty strong about that. Um, he also instills um, – genuine sense of toughness and you know the way they play i mean they're never going to give you anything and that's just ingrained in his dna um you know the fact that alabama tried to hire him um that's a a marquee brand name in college athletics and you know the baseball team has plenty of tradition of alabama too it's not like that's a nothing job they got a beautiful ballpark and probably 20 million dollar park it's only a couple years old i mean um, there's a lot going for you at Alabama. Uh, a lot of people would have taken that job, but he, he, he stayed because he loves East Carolina and he's loyal. And, um, you know, and, and, and certainly until he gets them to Omaha, I, don't, I can't see him going anywhere. Like he's just absolutely on a mission. And, you know, someday if, if Paul Maneri retires and LSU comes calling or, or Mike Bianco retires and Ole Miss wants to hire him, I mean, it might be hard to say no to those jobs. I mean, let's be realistic here. Um, you can make a lot of money and you can have a lot of resources at your disposal if you're at one of those places. Um, but shy of that, I mean, you know, I think he's, he's, he's going to be there for a while. And, and, and I think certainly he, he stacks up there among, you know, among the the really good coaches in our game. And until you get a team to Omaha as a head coach, you you can't be in the inner circle. Um, but like, if you're betting on a guy who's not currently in that inner circle, who, you know, will, will be there five years from now, I think Cliff's a pretty good bet. Uh, as do I. Are you got another question? Yeah. If, if you had to, uh, if you had to pick one favorite right now to win it all, who would it be and why? Oh, it's Florida. I mean, it's, okay. you know, and, and UCLA is the other one, you know, and I, I'm very, very high in both those. I think, I think those two teams are, are in a tier by themselves. Um, you know, like in our rankings, I think the next teams are, are Texas Tech and Vanderbilt uh, and Louisville. And, and then you've got like Ole Miss, Mississippi State and all those teams are I like them all. And, but you could kind of order them in any order you wanted. Mm. Uh, but but I think Florida and UCLA are, are clear cut one, too. I mean, the, the Gators, it's 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 crazy how good they are. You mm. know, I, I, I thought last year um, they were coming off a bad year, really, by their standards. They went like 13 and 17 in the league in 2019. They it just barely squeaked into a regional, you know, which considering they're in Omaha, what, seven out of the last 10 years. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's a, that's a down year for Florida. Uh, and so people were kind of sleeping on them. And, you know, I went in last fall and I said, Oh my God, like I, I saw everybody and they were the most impressive team I saw by far. You know, I, Louisville was preseason number one, everybody and Louisville was great. 
but but Florida was I thought the best team and they went out there the first four weeks of the season and they kind of showed it you know they 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 ran Miami off the field and Miami was loaded um you know that was like a number one versus number two matchup mm-hmm. and Florida just just crushed them in a sweep so um they've got everybody back I mean guys that they shouldn't have back uh because because the draft was only five rounds you know and the season didn't play out you get you get Tommy Mace back who I think is a potential top 10 pick you know even as a fourth year guy uh, he shouldn't be in school for a fourth year it's it's crazy and, and Jack Lefwich, you know those two those two kind of workhorse power arms in the rotation you've got probably another first round pick behind him in Hunter Barco he could be he could be a top five pick next year he, he, yeah. he'd go number one overall I and mean, that's your Sunday guy um I mean that's crazy you know and that but you know the, the, the pitching talent is crazy there's, there's tons of velocity but I also think they, they have probably the best offense in the country um you know that's the that's the thing is we you talk about all these big <laughs> arms and it's like yeah, but, you know, how are you going to get through this lineup, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the amount of power is nuts. I think you have the best position player in the country, Judd Fabian, who's a real five-tool guy in center field. Yeah. Um, you know, a big-time star. Um, but, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're 15 guys deep of, of guys that would be, you know, all-America potential, it feels like, if you put them in some other lineup, and only nine of them can play at a time. So, yeah. you know, good luck to, to Kevin O'Sullivan figuring out how to how to get all those guys playing time and keep them happy but that's not a bad problem to have they're they're just uh, they're just a machine right now okay and with that yeah. you you talk a little bit about about the draft and I, I know this past year was a shortened draft um but hopefully moving forward in 2021 the draft will be um a a, a little heftier right um yes I, I would think i would think we're probably looking at 20 rounds going forward um and I don't think we'll ever get back to 40 like we used to have, but I think 20 is probably the smart money. So if you had to say one guy from ECU, I think we all probably have our idea of who it would be this year to enter the draft and, and really make some noise. Um, who would you say? Well, you know, certainly, certainly Gavin Williams is, kind of the sexy pick right I mean there's just you know not a lot of guys that that throw 100 miles an hour um and and he can do that on a good day Uh, I still think for him you know the key is the development that breaking ball he's always had a good change up um he's never really had a good breaking ball um you know the fastball is great but if he can really tighten that breaking ball and show you know more consistent power spin to it then you know he could be a first round pick I mean certainly um but right now he's not He's not quite there. He's got a lot to prove still. Um, I, I really think, you know, be, beyond that, I mean, you've got probably three guys that are, that are top 10 round talents um, with, with, with Norby and, and Bryson Worrell and, and maybe Thomas Francisco. Um, the one I'm, you know, I think Norby and Worrell are the two I'm really intrigued by just because of their all around skill sets and athleticism. They're more athletic than Francisco. They profile better at kind of up the middle positions, which has a lot of value in pro ball, whereas, Francisco's just kind of your corner guy, your, your bat. Um, but, you know, Norby, I think he can, if he can play second base at, at the pro level and hit for power and average and run some, and um, that's, that's a pretty nice profile. And certainly the same goes for Worrell as, as a switch hitting, you know, power speed player in center field. These guys are hard to find. So I could see those two guys both being kind of three to five round picks if, if they go out and perform. Um, I feel like we haven't heard a lot of that kind of buzz about them from scouts, but um, 
you know, I, I don't know why that is because I, I think they have that kind of ability. So those would be the names for this year. And then we, we talked about Wizen Hunt earlier. I think he and, and Agnos would be kind of the two guys for next year to really keep an eye on. And, um, and Josh Moylan, you know, he could be a, I mean, this is so early to say, but in 2023, he could be a first rounder. I mean, he's, he's got, uh, he's got a chance to be pretty special, I think. Okay. And yeah, I was, I was honestly, I'm surprised you didn't say somebody like Jake Kuchmaner. Yeah. You know, the, Jake is, is, he falls into the category of awesome college pitcher. Um, doesn't really profile as a big leaguer just because, you know, velocity is, is, is become such a huge part of the game. And right. um, he's kind of your, your pitchability lefty, your, your 84 to 88 mile an hour guy. It's a really good changeup. He knows how to spin the breaking ball, but it's not like an out pitch breaking ball. You, you just don't see a lot of, you know, mid eighties guys in, in the big leagues these days. It, it, it's kind of sad, but unless you're like a funky, like submarine guy and he's not, um, he's not, he's not going to trick big league hitters with, with 84 mile hour fastballs. I mean, it's just, uh, there's no more room for, for Jamie Moyer in the majors, unfortunately, but um, <laughs> you know, he's such a bulldog, you know, maybe he'll prove us all wrong and he'll find a way to get there. But um, you know, you look at even like a guy like Michael Roth at South Carolina, who I think is one of the best college baseball pitchers of all time. Um, you know, what he did there for, for back-to-back national championship teams in, in 2010 and 11. And, you know, again, in 2012, um, for a team that was national runner-up, I mean, he was incredible, right? But uh, it's your, your, your 84 to 88 mile an hour lefty with a plus changeup and kind of a similar breaking ball. I mean, his stuff was very similar to Cooch Manor. Uh, except he could also mix up his arm slots and he got a brief cup of coffee in the big leagues and that's mm-hmm. it, you know, and, and then it didn't last. And it's just, yep. it's just so hard for those guys to, to make it. Got you. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that, that's really already, that's all I've got. Do you have any other questions? I've, I've got one more side question and this is not related to baseball, but I couldn't help uh-huh. but notice that you got a championship belt behind you. Yes. And, is that and, a tag and team the, belt? The, the people can't see it, but can you explain to the people what kind of belt that is? That is the Dave O'Connor cup championship belt. Okay. Uh, it, it is, a, it is actually a, a golf rivalry with my, my, my best friend since oh, wow. we were, we were 10 years old and uh, we, we, we get together every year and, and went up for a golf trip and the winner gets to take home the belt. So proudly display that right behind me <laughs> so, so that everyone on the zoom call can see it because that's awesome. good to know. So, so what, what are you shooting? What, what's your, what's your average? Uh, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm kind of a low eighties player typically. Um, you know, I try to, break in now and then but uh that's 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 basically where i am yeah Artie, Artie and i uh we we get out there and swing them a little bit we actually went oh, yeah. this, this past weekend and played but we're, we're not we're not there yet i'm we're, still trying to break 100 so, <laughs> so we'll get there. yeah we'll get you there. know what it's the best game in the world because you can play until you die you know that, yeah. that's the thing is I, I love baseball don't get me wrong but i mean you're not going to be out there playing playing baseball when you're in your 75 but you can play golf all the way through so oh yeah yeah, I finally broke ninety a couple months ago, and and I'm sitting mid nineties, about twenty two yeah. handicap. So, I, not bad. I, I mean, for only playing like really for the past year and playing once a month at that, um, I, I'm happy with it. That's that's impressive, man. For for only playing a year or two, that's uh, that's awesome. I've been I've been playing for decades now, and it's like it's 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 just hard to to get through like the next level you know it's like mm-hmm. every step along the way you have to really grind and work at it and yeah 
yeah, that's good. It gives you something to do, something to shoot for, but it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, to, it's, it's <laughs> yeah hard. it is. It, 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 it's you don't have to tell us. Yeah. It, yeah. It's grueling. You, you got to grind. Like, if you really want to, if you really want to get those lower scores, you really just, you got to grind over putts, got to grind over your approach shots. Yeah. I, I, I want to get, I want to get so much better. Uh, it's, it's funny because, like, I've honestly, I've become addicted to golf. Like, I, I played golf the last two weekends, and that's all. Nice. I, I'm, I'm kind of scared to ask my wife to go play this weekend. But. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it going to be warm enough? It's been, you know, I, I, I've been trying to, like, pick a day this winter. Like, is, is there some right. day where it's, like, 48? I'm like, all right, I can bundle up. I can make that work. I, I've played the last two weekends, and – sub 40 i was about to say it's, oh. it's been it's been in the low 40s yeah it's, it's been cold two weeks ago tougher than i am two weeks ago i played in a golf tournament and no lie it was like 35 degrees they had they delayed the tea times because they had to let they had to let the frost, frost thaw out. Yeah. yeah and um i finally get out there and i'm standing over this tee shot and of course it's a it's a par three it's kind of a long par three over water and then of course as soon as I go to swing, gust of wind, probably about 25 miles an hour, right in my face. It is freezing, I'm telling you. <laughs> it is cold. But, hey, maybe, maybe we'll get together at some point and, and we, can, we can swing them some. Um, that, that's, a, that's something that we've been talking about doing, getting, getting some, a group of guys that we've had on the podcast um, and, and doing, doing something yeah, here and there. Yeah, great idea. I'm in. At some point. Now, since you do get to cover ECU, and I'm – I know you you talked about going to ECU. You've been there several times. I would be remiss to ask you because we don't we don't get to ask a lot of our guests that aren't ECU alumni or aren't at ECU full time. We don't get to ask them this question, but I'm going to ask you because I have a feeling you've been there. Have you been to Sup Dogs? Yes, you have. Okay, sweet. So we ask we ask all of our guests this question. All right, we we love Sup Dogs. We we've partnered yeah. with them on things before. Friends of now, the podcast. The, yep, they're awesome. friends of the podcast like you are now. You're a friend of the podcast. D1 Baseball is a friend of the podcast. Well, Aaron, what is your order at Sup Dogs? Um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of a wings guy. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I don't know if that's the right answer or not, but, but I, I, really, I really enjoy the wings. I, I feel like that's, that's probably what I would say off the top of my head. Their, their um, boneless wings are phenomenal. I, I will boneless, yeah. yeah. That's what phenomenal. I that's what I go for. I love the boneless. That that that's awesome. Yeah, we've had some guys. I mean, we've had guys tell us that. Oh yeah, I just want a plain like cheeseburger, which is fine. <laughs> like you do you. Sub dogs. There's nothing bad at sub dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly you, you can't go wrong with. I mean, the, all the all the the dog combos that they have are, are like they're legit. Um, you know, so if I'm if I'm in a dog like a chili dog mood. That's mm-hmm. like that's that's can't miss right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, ha- have you had a sup crush? I don't think so. Oh, he, all right. So we're gonna we're gonna all meet up one day in Greenville. That's that's the goal. I, I I've got a I can maybe get a connection at Ironwood Golf Club. All right. Um, I, I've got a connection there. Nice. And we can hopefully play around the golf, then head to Sup Dogs, and uh, and have have some. You can have your boneless wings. I'll have the my cheesy bacon delight, and uh, we'll we'll have a sup crush together. So that's your go-to is the cheesy bacon delight. Yeah, cheesy bacon delight with uh. Sometimes sometimes I'll switch it up and get the uh, bacon cheese tots, but usually it's, mm. it's the bacon cheese fries. 
that I'm going with. But those, man, those bacon cheese tots. I, I mean, I just ate two steaks before I came on this thing, and I, I'm I'm already making myself hungry. <laughs> I love it. That's that's uh, I, I feel like I gotta explore the menu a little bit more. Like I've 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 oh, yeah. had I have had you know the I've had the dogs before, but like they, they do have some 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 great stuff there. I, mm-hmm. I need to I need to to, to kind of wade in there a little deeper here. You guys you guys be my Sherpa. You could show me the way. Yeah, we can we can make it happen. We can absolutely make it happen. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We're, we'll uh we'll we'll get together at some point. We're not in Greenville, but we're we'll get. We'll, you let us know. We'll be there. Oh, I, man, I'm in. I'm, I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's do it. All right. Well, Aaron, thank you again for joining the Boneyard Podcast. You, you've been very gracious with your time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know all of ECU will be happy to hear what, what you had to say about our Pirates and, and the, the Diamond Bucks, as they like to call them. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Thank you again so much for your time. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, guys. It's uh, great, great talking baseball with y'all, and, and yeah. hopefully we can uh, – we get out there on the golf course and hey, maybe we can actually go to a baseball game at some point. Like that would be cool. You know, let's, let's get this, yeah. get this pandemic over with. Absolutely. Yeah. Let, let's get everybody wear your mask and, and let's get this thing over with. All right. Now, Aaron, Amen. real, real quick, uh, or you take as much time as you want. We've taken a lot of your time. So I, I want you to, I want you to go ahead and plug where, where people can find your, your stuff at. Yeah. D one baseball.com. Uh, we've got everything you need, you know, to get ready for the season. And, and of course, throughout the season, we've got the, the best college baseball scoreboard out there. Um, but, uh, you know, podcasts and, and uh, analysis and top 25s and chats and all that stuff, uh, team breakdowns, it's all there at d1baseball.com. And you can find us on, on all the social medias uh, at d1baseball. Awesome. Well, Aaron, thank you again for joining us. Uh, we'll, we'll be in contact soon. Maybe maybe hit the link sometime soon, okay? Sounds great, guys. Absolutely. Appreciate the time, though. You got it. Take care. You All too. right. Once again, that was Aaron Fitt joining us from D1 Baseball. That, that was a lot of fun. Um, he had a lot of great insight. I, I like to hear what he had to say about ECU's depth and, and their pitching staff. I mean, he, he's not fully he, – he said – I mean, you heard him. He said that ECU was the top baseball program in the conference, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a, com- mm-hmm. a competitive conference this year. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to know kind of like what your thoughts were, Artie, from, from that talk. Yeah, I mean, very confident in, in ECU. You know, and obviously, you know, we all know that ECU baseball is extremely talented. They've got a loaded roster. Um, the bullpen is very nice, but, um, yeah, and I wasn't expecting him to give us 45 plus minutes of content either. That was, that was pretty nice and pretty special of him to do because he didn't have to do it. Um, but very knowledgeable, knew, you know, pretty much all the ins and outs of, of everything going on and just excited to kind of see where we might go based off of what he has said. Um, and then also, you know, I, I kind of like a little, the little backstory about his, uh, championship belt too, that, that we asked him about when he won that golf tournament. So, you know, very, very, very knowledgeable guy. Um, enjoyed the interview and, um, you know, would love to have him back on and talk ECU baseball in the future. Yeah, that, that's a must. We're, we're definitely going to do that. Um, hopefully build up a better rapport with D1 baseball. Hopefully they'll move us up the rankings once we, once we start talking to them a little more. Um, but Artie, real quick, let me, let me tell you about Manscaped. All right. So y'all know we're, we're in the thick of winter and a storms are brewing. It looks like it's one to three inches are in the forecast when you trim that hibernation bush 
that takes place in your pants. I'm sorry. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped specialize in products to make your make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs. Artie, are you walking around town with beautiful snowballs? Um, I would say they're beautiful chocolate balls. I wouldn't say <laughs> snowballs. <laughs> but yes, they are still beautiful. Manscaped is here to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Um, I mean, guys, y'all got to use this. I mean, it, it's something that when you, you when you use the the lawnmower 3.0, it will change your life. Mm-hmm. It'll change your woman's life. I mean, we're coming out of we're coming out of Valentine's Day. Don't make uh, don't make Valentine's Day the only day you you trim yourself make make it make it a a a habit something you're doing all the time you know um yes get those get those things looking right um so so that she's so that she feels much better about it um so yeah the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is the best hygiene tool for the modern man because of their ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology your snags on your snowballs will be reduced or or your chocolate balls hey no no uh no discrimination here. The trimmer is also waterproof, so you can trim in the shower or jacuzzi if you're a savage. So go to manscaped.com, use promo code BONE for 20% off with free shipping. Once again, manscaped.com, use promo code BONE, 20% off, free shipping, and um, and you'll be able to support the podcast. Um, thanks, Manscaped, for making our winner. <laughs> I, I can't say that. <laughs> Uh, it says thanks manscaped for making our winter wieners look so good <laughs> <laughs> no you can't we no we can't say that that's too that's too corny no that's too corny that's way too corny guys no. i promise you i'm just reading what they send us oh shit <laughs> but in all seriousness take care of yourself gentlemen the lawnmower 3.0 the ball deodorant the ball toner life life changing stuff i mean it, honestly I, I never knew that you could have a product you could actually put on you know rub down there and actually have it smelling fresh smelling clean feeling fresh feeling clean so in all seriousness guys do yourself a favor get the lawnmower 3.0 get and the body order and get the ball toner get the body wash the body wash is excellent i have it right now it's very very masculine smelling and very good smelling so uh, all all their products i i highly recommend yeah i mean i i so I, I've got, I'll be honest, I've got sweaty feet and my feet tend to n- not leave the best uh, fragrance and, and shoes. So I've been using the, the foot spray, the foot deodorant, and man, it's, it's been doing wonders. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can take my shoes off somewhere and, and not feel, um, not feel kind of embarrassed about, about what smells are coming from there. So yeah, definitely right. check them out, manscaped.com, yeah. use promo code BONE, 20% off and free shipping off all orders, whether you're buying the lawnmower, the foot spray, the body wash, the ball deodorant, whatever. Do it. Take care of yourselves, guys. Um, it, it doesn't just have to be the women that are, are, that are taking care of their, uh, their grooming, right? So, Artie, mm-hmm. let's, uh, let's go ahead and throw it over to our next interview. I mean, we, we covered all of ECU baseball with these two interviews. I mean, you'll hear some of the same questions, but you'll hear different answers. And I mean, I think this one, this one was, we say this a lot, but this was one of my favorite 
interviews we've ever done. Yeah. I mean, just the back and forth, like any, the conversation. Go ahead. Any anytime, anytime you get to talk to somebody from Northern Illinois, my neck of the woods, it's, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good conversation. So really excited for the people to hear this one. Yeah, so here's a ECU play-by-play voice for the last six years. Uh, Corey Glore talking about uh talking about what he's he, what he expects from Cliff Godwin's ECU baseball team. Once again, Corey Glore, play-by-play voice. So as we continue with our baseball preview, we we're pleased to be joined by the ECU baseball play-by-play voice. His name's Corey Glore. If you listen to ECU baseball, which if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you do, you hear his dulcy tones coming through the airwaves. <laughs> Corey, how's it going? I, I see you laughing at, over that, inter, that introduction. <laughs> the dulcy tones dulcy. of Corey Glore. I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are you? Thanks for having me. We're, we're doing well. We're, we're better than – Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. We're better, better than, than most, deserve. yeah. Yeah. Um, the most. So Corey, you're you're going into your you're going into your sixth season calling ECU baseball. Um, over, the, over, I mean, you've been able to call a lot of great games. You've seen a lot of great teams. I just kind of want to jump right into it. What has you excited going into the 2021 ECU baseball season? I think first is just that it's here after <laughs> how everything came a screeching end last year, where now it's been so long to actually be in sight of this actually restarting is great. And I, I've missed it. I know you guys have too, and, mm-hmm. and this fan base has. So to be this close to actually being back to baseball is uh, a long-awaited uh, happy moment here coming up. Uh, it, this team is just so scary deep. And, and it's, it's the, the most loaded team that I can think of on paper in my time here that, you know, whatever weirdness might happen this season, and there will inevitably be some weirdness, some oddities, some bumps in the road, this team's equipped to handle it. So I think what you have is as a team that is as loaded as Cliff Godwin has had since he's come here. And with the expectations of this program now, I think that should make a lot of folks pretty excited. Gotcha. And, and as someone who's going to be calling the games, what's the realistic expectation? I mean, what, what, how far can this ECU baseball team go? I mean, uh, wow. I, <laughs> it's amazing. That's the first time someone's asked me that for this season. Wow. The last 11 months of waiting. <laughs> I actually haven't thought that deep into it, but I mean, mm-hmm. th- this team should be, um, you know, hosting a regional is now kind of the barometer mm-hmm. after what we've seen in 2018 and 2019. And the team that was formulating in 2020 was trending in that direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, a, a national championship contending worthy program. And, wow. and this, this group, the, the, this roster that's been put together, um, they're as good as any shot as this program has had, certainly in my time, but maybe in, you know, a, you know, a decade or so of what this team can do. Um, they're that good. They can be that good. Um, we, we don't know how this season will roll out. We don't know when pauses will come, when suddenly guys are on the shelf, and some of that's going to happen. But from top to bottom, uh, this team can be that team. I truly believe it. Gotcha. Yeah, and and so do I. And that, that's that's one of the things that I mean. We we 
we have Aaron Fit also on this on this podcast from D1 Baseball. And, and one mm-hmm. of the things we talked to him about is we, we talked about the depth, and, and you kind of mentioned it earlier in, in the interview, but really that depth, I mean, this is one of the deepest pitching staffs we've had in ECU baseball history. And, I mean, we, we've got some guys that are – I mean, you've got some really – I mean, stud guys that are still even in the majors or minors and kind of fiddling around down there. But this is, this is a team that, I mean, I could see two or three of these guys on this pitching staff, make it to make it to the big, big leagues. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's one name that jumped quickly in the pitching staff of, of major league caliber talent and that's Gavin Williams I mean mm-hmm. he, he just has the make of a major league pitcher already with the stuff that he has with this with just his size he's 6'6 250 throws 98 on regular occasions when when he can stay healthy um and so that you're you're looking at a guy that is prime for that type of major league pipeline right there and then you're, you're hearing a lot lately about a guy like Carson Wisenhunt who might be in the fold to start this year and how excited they are about what he can be as a pitcher who was hitting 95 in the fall. And we didn't see much of him in his first year last year. Um, there's a lot of focus on him now all of a sudden about what he might be able to develop into and maybe be another one of those stud guys that you might see work their way up the ranks when he's finally drafted. And then you get to the bullpen and they're, you know, they have a CJ Mayhew in there and we saw what he was capable of last year as a freshman. And now he comes into a second freshman year with more focus on him, but he was electric what he brought to the table and was drafted out of high school. And you got about five or six guys behind him that can, they can turn to in the bullpen to finish out games. So there is so much depth pitching wise. We didn't even mention Tyler Smith and Jay Kuchman mm-hmm. or beak and rotation. Um, there's so much depth there that they're going to win a lot of different types of games. They're going to win two to one games and they're going to win six to four games. And they're going to win seven to five games because they have the lineup that can go along with that. But pitching's the strength of this team because they can, they got 10 guys that you can think of right now that they trust to get out. Yeah. And, and, and you, you talk about Gavin Williams. I mean, they're going to be without him to start the season. Um, do you, do you think that how, – how do you think that plays a role in, in Cliff Godwin's kind of makeup going into the opening weekend of the season? Yeah, I think it allows him to kind of experiment right off the bat. You're going to see Tyler Smith or, and Jake Kuchmaner be Friday, Saturday in some order to start the year. And Sunday now gives him a little bit of – uh, an option to play with, which we've heard a few names from him heading into the year about guys he's been looking at. We mentioned Wes and Hunt Carter Spivey is another name he's talked about a lot that has really honed his, his kind of his craft in this fall and into the spring. And then he he mentioned guys like a, a, a Cam Colmore, who we know quite a bit, has been around a long time, might get an opportunity to start. A Mayhew might get an opportunity. It's going to allow him to see early on kind of what one of the guys could bring to the starting table. And yeah, it's, you would much rather Gavin in the weekend to start the year and that will eventually be what happens, but kind of like how last year started it, uh, it's allowing this team to kind of see a little bit more of 
the depth that they know that they have and put into practice right away in live game action. So I, I you know, how I, there's probably battling for that Sunday spot throughout this week, throughout next week, leading up into opening weekend. They probably haven't decided yet who it's going to be. It could be any number of guys, but whoever they go to, they, they're going to trust to do the job. Gotcha. And in your opinion, who is a player or players that nobody's really talking about kind of flying under the radar, but they could be absolute X factors when it comes to the season. I think Zach Agnos is getting overlooked a little bit here to start because, uh, you know, a lot of focus on the infield has been on Connor Norby with the offensive start he had last year. And he's a preseason conference pick this year. Um, a lot of talk about what Ryder Giles is defensively and how he's improved his game offensively in the fall and, the, and heading into spring. And, and Zach has kind of been a little bit uh, kind of left outside the discussion to start the year in my mind on this infield, but mm. he, he had a slick glove at third base. He was a real consistent presence in the lineup last year as a freshman. And he showed some real maturity that, um, not a lot of freshmen are able to bring to the table. Particularly, there, there is a lot of focus on him as a freshman, we'll take it, taking the number off his brother's back and putting it on his back. And, and he passed that test with flying colors. So I think that's a guy in the lineup that's getting a little bit um, undervalued at the moment. But him at the hot corner um, really, I think, full, like fills out this lineup one through nine with what we saw from him last year. I think he can do big things this year. Gotcha. Now, the the freshmen we've heard we've heard a lot about. I mean, a lot of these freshmen. I mean, this is a I mean a top twenty five class recruiting class. One of the guys that I mean I keep hearing about is this Josh Moylan kid. Uh, I've heard he's got light tower power. What can you tell me about him? Have you been able to um, get get down to practice and, and see what some of what they're doing? Yeah, I, I've seen him a little bit. I saw him a lot uh, in the fall, and I've seen him a little bit this spring. Um, I mean, the dude's just a monster. I mean, it's to, to walk in as a freshman that big. I mean, l let me get the digits on him. Here. I, I, I'm looking at six, four, 235 freshman. Yeah. Six, Ooh. four, 235. That's a freshman. That's a kid. And, that's and that's a man child. <laughs> that's a, and, and he, he hasn't gone through yet. The division one, like workout plan yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and I mean, you're talking about the the number one first baseman in Maryland coming out, and the number three first baseman nationally coming out. Um, the the dude is unreal with what he can bring to this lineup. And I think another thing about this team is that the team just looks bigger, just size wise. They look bigger as a group, and he's such a big reason why, because. One of the things that I thought was starting to develop last year was the power was raw in the lineup last year, and it started to kind of turn a little bit right before the season shut down. They're going to have some real power potential with Josh Moylan in the middle of this lineup. I would imagine he's your starting first baseman. If not, he'll be the DH to start off the year. I mean, there's, there's some real just awe-inspiring power that that kid brings to the table. Now, kind of a uh, kind of a personal question here. Why play by play? What led you to play by play, and what led you to East Carolina um, in, in this moment that you're in right now? Uh, play by play, it actually developed a little bit late for me. I was I was working at a radio station while I was in college, mm 
And uh, it was just for, to get some money, frankly, I was working just Saturday night shifts. I was running college basketball games and NASCAR races on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I got a full-time job out of college and I became just uh, an assistant there at the station. And the guy who I worked under, Andrew Liebetrow, um, he gave me an opportunity to call some games and it was some minor league baseball uh, in Southern Wisconsin where I moved to after college. And I just kind of fell immediately in love with it. Baseball has always been kind of my, my primary sport. And I've listened, my, I listened to Bob Euchre my whole life, the voice of the Brewers. And so I've always been fascinated by it. I never thought I could really do it until I kind of jumped into the opportunity. And then it just stuck. And now it's something that I really can't see myself doing anything else um, I don't know if I'm good at anything else. I don't know if I'm good at this, but the people keep giving me the opportunity to do it. But it, it's just, it's such a fun thing to do. And um, it, it just, you know, once it ended last year, I kept trying to find a way to keep doing it. And, and yeah. now that we're a week and a half out, knock on wood, from getting back up there, I, I'm chomping at the bit. It's just, it, there's, it's a toy section of an apartment store and it's uh, I'm I'm lucky that I'm in a position that I am to do this and it's not lost on me and anyone else who does this um just how crazy of a career this can actually be it's just right. it's it's so much fun to do if, if, if you love what you do it's never a job yeah exactly never a job yeah now, kind of, kind of along those lines. I mean, you've called some basketball games. You, you are the main play-by-play -play voice for ECU baseball. What is it about? I mean, what what's the hardest part about the transition from either of those? It, and I, I'm guessing basketball is probably harder since it's a little faster pace. But maybe, maybe you have a different take on that. I actually find basketball to be the easiest because of the pace um because basketball is the ball tells you what to do like it, yeah. you are calling where the ball goes uh ball and so lie. there is an already an yeah the, the, don't lie <laughs> <laughs> and so uh there there's a rhythm established for you in calling a basketball game the mm -hmm. what you have to add to it is one making sure you get everything correct and two starting to add your style into it but by and large the speed of the game won't change much for basketball. Baseball, a, a lot of people find tricky um, because there's a lot of downtime. And so you have to find ways to find the in-between, the between pitches, between batters, between innings, and figure out the best way to keep an audience engaged, whether that's telling stories, putting stats out there, whatever, you, you can make your own mark on a baseball broadcast. No two baseball broadcasts sound the same because there's so much time for a broadcaster to impart his or her influence on it. So mm -hmm. um, that's the, the biggest joy I get out of calling this sport is because you can do what you want with it. You can mold the broadcast and do how you want it to sound. Right. Um, whereas basketball, football, hockey, those sports, the flow of the game kind of dictates what you do with it. Gotcha. Now, I don't, I don't see this happening. I don't think anybody here sees this happening. But if ECU baseball were to somehow disappoint this year, if they were to not host a regional or not even make it to a regional, what would the narrative be in your opinion? 
Well, I think there'd be natural frustration about it because this team is too talented for that to not be the case. I mean, mm -hmm. certainly making the tournament. Uh oh, is bar COVID and all that stuff that this, this team is, is a tournament mainstay. So, um, were that to happen, I think it, a lot would depend on how it happened. I think, uh, I mean, you look at how the college basketball season's unfolding and, and how people are kind of taking things now with a little bit of a grain of salt, mm -hmm. kind of like how I hope a lot of people did with college football this year. You know, if things like that were to occur for baseball, I hope people step back and understand like the kind of the oddities of what this season is and the structure of this season. Um, but that's down the road and hopefully that's not a conversation anybody is having or anybody is thinking about, but there, there's no question that there is a lot of outside pressure on kind of bearing down on this program. I can tell you that this program by and large, they do a good job of insulating themselves away from that. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a, there's a spotlight on this program year in and year out. And if, if things were to stumble this year, it would be, I remember 2017 and how that yep. was a, a number six team in the country to start the year and they don't make the tournament. Right. Um, and that's a whoa type moment for a lot of people. Um, should that happen again, it would be another one of those. But I think hopefully people would kind of step back and see, take perspective into it and understand that this season is a strange one, even though yep. we haven't played a game. This is, this is a weird season that's coming. Even if they get all 56 games in, it's going to be a weird game or it's going to be a weird season. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that, that I was, I was just thinking about the 2017 season when, when Artie brought that up. I mean, that was, I remember going into it. I was like, this team's going to be really good watching them. I mean, I was still a student then. And really, I mean, a lot of that came about because of injuries. And I, I, I think yeah. if ECU can stay healthy and, and, stay safe with with COVID and I mean there, there's going to be issues down the line but sure I mean every we've seen it college basketball ECU today just announced they're they're on another pause so I mean yeah that that's that's one of those things where I mean if ECU can stay healthy and and keep it going I, I gotta I gotta think they're at least likely to host a regional um and and They'll be in the mix for that if they can yeah. stay healthy and, and right. or and stay relatively together. And you know, if they play all fifty six, if they don't, you know, drop a ton of games in terms of just schedule, and who knows what you know, an, an opponent can't come in and suddenly you lose a weekend. Like things like that might happen this right, year. Exactly. But this team uh, is built to kind of handle, you know, weird things happening. And some say you. you lose you know three outfielders due to contact tracing well this team is, is built to actually fill those gaps like that they're that deep this year and I think the key element for this team to be successful is you know they're they're a group of freshmen coming in that this time a year ago thought they'd be walking into bigger opportunities than what they might actually have this year with all the changes to their roster eligibilities for this year and everyone gets a, another year um some of these freshmen thought they would have some real chances to play a lot this year, and that might not be coming. Keeping them engaged, keeping them prepared and ready 
so that when the time comes when suddenly you need a right fielder and you're down to your freshman, they're not just ready, they're ready to perform and do what, you know, the guys who have to step out for a bit are able to do. Um, I think we saw that come into play a lot during the football season, not just with ECU, but in general, mm-hmm. you know, when you'd see teams have to go d- deep into the bench due to COVID related absences. Couldn't make sure they're prepared and also doing what you can to make sure they're physically ready because a lot of injuries crept in, in college football from depth guys who just hadn't played and, but they were forced into action. So keeping everyone on this bench ready to go as though they're going to start every game is going to be critical this year more than ever, because there will be games this year, no doubt when they will need to start all of a sudden. It's going to happen in the rotation here next weekend. Someone's going to have to step in on the weekend rotation against Rhode Island that probably wasn't expecting to initially, but that's the nature of the beast this year. It's going to happen. It's going to happen more than once. Yeah, and expect craziness all year. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And and I got to expect that. I mean, if there's any team with with a head coach that is – like in the best position to really have the guys fired up, no matter what class you're in, it's got to be it's got to be ECU. Cliff Godwin ha- does a really good job of keeping his his players engaged. What can what can you tell me about um, working with and and being able to watch Cliff Cliff Godwin over the past six years? What what, what can you tell me about like his style? He's very very determined to get everything out of that team Uh, he will find little pockets of talent that maybe a guy didn't realize he had and find a way to utilize it he can be hard on the team but there is no question why he's doing it and how much he cares about them as people and as players in, in that order and so when you and he's built a program here where now when guys leave, whether they are drafted, whether they graduate, whatever the case might be, they're coming back here and they're around the program and they're they're coming here in the offseason and working out. He's, he's building that type of program here where the guys that come in know what is expected of them and what that means is they're going to be asked to do more than they thought that they would ever be asked to do. And they – love the challenge and they love the the drive to succeed at that so much that when they leave they come back here and they're mm-hmm. around and they, they they're working out here they want to help out here they're, they're around the practices like that this is a program that's now building as a real family here mm-hmm. cliff loves these guys they, they loves this team um and he will get the very best out of them every single day practices are intense when you go you can go tomorrow i mean you can't that are close but hypothetically <laughs> you can go watch an ecu practice and you will get some real uh, ferocity from them and it is something to watch because um you don't expect that from a, a february baseball practice but you'll get it from this program and the guys are love the challenge and they love making sure that they do their part for him and for this team to succeed. And, and speaking of Cliff, do you, do you ever see Cliff leaving the program or do you think he's a lifer at, at East Carolina? 
I mean, he stated kind of right away when he got the job, he had a goal that he was planning on doing, and that mm-hmm. was getting this program to Omaha and then retiring the number 23. He, that is his mm-hmm. goal. And he has had opportunities to step away and go to bigger opportunities. Yeah. And he Alabama. hasn't done that. Alabama was one. Mississippi State was another. Texas mm-hmm. called him. Um, I mean, you know, there, his name was floating around Florida State early on before they went with Mike Martin's kid. So, I mean, there, he has had chances and he has turned them down. And that is for a reason. His, he bleeds this program. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say with any certainty because I'm not Cliff Godwin. But, right, it, right. I mean, he's, he's had some really great chances where if he would have accepted that job, it would have made total sense, mm-hmm. but he has a mission that he treats very seriously here, and it's not just lip service. Like he, Keith LeClaire means a ton to him, and that number means a ton to him. Program means everything to him. So um, he's going to do everything he can to fulfill that. Um, what happens after that? Who knows? Only Cliff knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, but. As of right now, like there's a reason why he hasn't left yet. He's had the chances, but he's stuck around for a very, very particular reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, all the coaches, I mean, I I love all our coaches, but Cliff Godwin, he he embodies what it means to be a true pirate. And I mean, he he lives Mm -hmm. and breathes it every single day. And I mean, we we got nothing but respect for all of our coaches, but uh, Cliff Godwin just holds that that extra special place in, in all of Pirate Nation's heart. Um, now, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to start wrapping up here in a second, but uh, I wanted to ask, th- there's some really intriguing matchups on, on the calendar this year. I mean, you got App State mm-hmm. coming in for the Keith LeClaire Classic. You got uh, a home-and-home home with UNC. You got UNCW on the schedule. Again, that's always a good rivalry. What, what are some of the games that you're most looking forward to this season some of the series well what makes the what makes the games like unc and wilmington and duke so much fun is that they usually bring out some massive fans and the crowds are crazy for those games and that's not going to be the case this year but you're going to get programs matching up that are high quality there's going to be playing in solitude so it's not going to change the level of what those two teams are going to be uh it's just going to feel different but I'll, I'll always be excited for those matchups. I, I mean, there, there are a couple, a couple programs in the non-conference slate in the weekends that I don't think necessarily draw a ton of focus when you see them on the surface. But Illinois State's a really good program. St. John's is a really good program. Rhode Island's not half bad of a program. They were, I mean, we saw them for 13 games last year, but they had conference championship aspirations a year ago, and they returned pretty much everybody. So... I mean, there are some pro- programs that when you see them on the schedule, you kind of say, ah, but look a little deeper and you'll see the quality of what they are. Um, so, yeah, we mentioned some of the in-state schools and, and getting App back on the schedule. It's great to have App on the schedule for any mm-hmm. sport, frankly, to just get that rivalry restarted. Mm-hmm. But some of the, the out-of-state non-conference weekends that are that are on this schedule should be paid a little bit closer attention to in my mind because um, there are some really good programs coming in that people may not recognize. Okay. And then 
with that, you, you mentioned there's not I don't know if be... I convinced you, did I, Darren? Okay. You did that. <laughs> the Redbirds ain't doing it for you, AJ. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I, I honestly almost forgot my question. I mean, that that's shows, <laughs> that, that, that shows the level of uh, journalism that we're doing here. Um, but <laughs> with, with that being said, I mean, you, you talk about no fans being allowed in, in Clark LeClaire Stadium. What's it when is it not going to hit you until you look out and see the jungle completely empty? Like, how have you thought about oh, that? Man. I've thought a little bit. I've, I mean, it, it was a while ago when I was calling minor league baseball in Wisconsin, but we talked about it earlier. And the, the team that I called games for, nobody showed up to those games. And so I was calling baseball in front of friends and family, essentially. Um, uh, but it's been a while. And yeah. this is going, uh, you know, when I first stepped here and I my first game in 2016, and suddenly there are 3,000 people there for a, a matchup against Longwood in mid-February, yep. I, that was the first moment where I said, oh, like – there's some intense focus and passion around this program. Mm -hmm. And that made the broadcast just sound better because you can hear everything going on. Right. Um, the first time there's going to be a, you know, a, a big strikeout or just the first run that's going to be scored and it's going to be met with a smattering of family applause, you know, applauding. Um, that's a little weird. I mean, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll eventually get used to it and maybe it'll be over that first weekend, but it's going to be different. And uh, it's a shame, but that's where we're right now. Hopefully, as the season goes along, things can change and we can get some people in there aside from the families. But um, mm -hmm. off the bat here, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be like calling a baseball game in a library, and that's going to be <laughs> a bit of a challenge for me. But I'll, yeah. I'll find a way to persevere. Trust me. Yeah, I mean, outside of a packed Dowdy Ficklin, that environment is the best environment on, on campus, bar none. Yeah. Well, so. and I was thinking about it when, when ECU basketball beat Houston, and there and there's 40 people in there, and it's family and friends. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, you know, on a Wednesday night, that, that place might have 5,000 people in it, and it was a ranked team, so higher up than that. Like, the fans will come out uh, at, to that to basketball games, especially when a top-five team's coming out. That place would have been – that, that roof would have exploded and mm -hmm. to, to kind of watch that game. And, and, and I was listening to the end of it with Jeff on the call um, and to just hear just nothing going on. It was just that that was one of the first moments in a while for me where it hit me like, Oh wow. Like we're still it, it just felt empty. It, 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 I mean, the moment's unbelievable. Like yeah. to, to have that win and then for it to just be met with, you can just hear the fight song. Yeah. That was it. Like that was it over the arena, and it's just it. it I mean, it, it was unbelievable, and maybe it's it's extra special because of how weird it was when all of a sudden mm -hmm. done. But I would have much rather had just the full throat of you know seven thousand people in that building yeah. losing their mind after that. And I I would love to. I want five thousand people sitting in front of me at Clark LeClaire for any given mm -hmm. game. But right now, that's just not the case. Yeah, I mean watching that game that, that that was that was tough i mean I, i'm a former president of the minchies maniacs so i i mean knowing how wild that student section can be yeah. that i mean that hurt my heart i mean i i know all the yeah. guys that are still running that program at ecu i mean and no know, knowing and hearing what what they've kind of done and 
how how hard it's been for them to miss out on one of those sports that they love. That that's tough. Now, Corey, you you, you recently moved to Greenville, right? Full time or yeah, I've been here a little over a year now. You, okay. You're from you're from Arkansas. You you lived in our neck of the woods for a little bit, right? For I, yeah, I lived in Winston for a few years. Yeah, for yeah, Winston, 2014 is when I moved down there. Yeah. That, okay. That, that's I'm I'm from Lexington, so I mean I'm from okay. I live in Winston now, so you moved to Greenville, and I'm I'm sure you've been to uh, th- this great establishment downtown. It's called Sup Dogs. Have you been there? I have. Yes. All right. Corey, I, Corey, this is going to be the hardest question we ask you the whole podcast, okay? Bar okay. none. What is your order when you go to Sup Dogs? See, here's the thing. I, I rotate. I don't have a go-to right now. Okay. It will always be bacon cheese fries on the side, though. I will do that. Respectable. With extra. Uh, the last one, I, the last time I ordered... Um, I got a cool down dog and I'm trying to remember the burger I got. Was it a nacho burger? Ooh, that sounds good. I don't remember. Uh, it might've been the Hawaiian burger. It's the last one I got the burger with the okay. cool down dog on the side. That, that's a good combo. Yeah, and, honestly, and the bacon cheese that, fries, and, and extra sub sauce because I will inject that into my veins. You can, you can just drink it. <laughs> you can honestly yeah, just mean, drink it. Like I, I, like I'm still waiting. Like I think you guys are for, yeah. for a vaccine here and I, I'll just inject sub dog sauce. <laughs> That'll do it. Right? That'll keep you healthy. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw a meme that if you've gone downtown, which Artie and I have plenty in, in Greenville, then you, you're probably immune to COVID at the, at this point, um, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some of the places downtown, yeah, yeah. We, we we love them all. But, some of them, yeah, absolutely. But so, so cool down dog, maybe Hawaiian burger, bacon, definitely bacon cheese for us. What what are you sipping on when when you're there? Yeah, uh, I have done the suck crush. Uh, I've Same done choice. the yeah. I mean that's the obvious choice. Yeah. Um, frankly, I'm much more of just me a beer guy. Like I, I'm like, you know, I mean, it's, I, it's, I've actually had, we, we've ahead. had a lot of beer answers on the, on the show too. We've yeah. A I'm lot a simple of just, guy just when it comes beer. to that. Yeah. Yeah, hey. just give me, like I, I've done the sub crush. I've done the sub swirl just to, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, just give me a, a, you know, I'll take a bottle of red oak. I'll take a bottle of yingling. I'll take a bottle of I've been actually having a lot of Corona lately because I felt bad for him. So I, <laughs> I just, you know, just I, I'm I'm happy with a bottle of beer. Yeah, a, a load of Corona at Sub Dogs just hits differently. Now that I haven't done yet. Now oh, that yeah, you got to do a little Corona. Corona. You, you you really need to. I I mean, excellent. Now what what Artie and I used to do, and I don't think we've ever mentioned this on the podcast. We used to do the we we would call it the Subs Challenge, where you chug a Sub Crush. And then you drink the sup swirl through the straw, and you chug that. Have you? You should You're try chugging that. the sup swirl through the straw. Yeah, for the brain freeze. It made your brain freeze. Your head yeah. to not explode. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we we were dumb kids, and so we did it. That's that's why. This is this is what like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, whenever whenever we're back in town, we we've we've said this to all of our guests, but whenever we're back in town, we're we're gonna get a huge group and. And try to get everybody down there at Sup Dogs when it's do safe. A, and do a live, a live boneyard podcast at Sup. That's that's exactly what we're trying I'm, to do. That's I that's mean, the goal. We we have we haven't really mentioned it, but you, 
Go ahead. I, I, I don't have a line to Brett, the, the owner there. We, we got one. I mean, we got one. Gotta we know, got one. You got to know enough people who do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we definitely got one. Brett's been on the podcast. We, we, we got a line to Brett. Oh, we, okay. So yeah, you, yeah. you actually are the line to Brett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to Brett. We, we got that. Now, um, and that, that's something we've talked about. I mean, in the future, I mean, growing this podcast, we, we really, I mean, for football, for, I mean, just any, like a game, a baseball game day, there's actually a picture on um, mm-hmm. on Subdog's Instagram. You have to scroll quite a bit when uh, we, we hosted the regional uh, two regionals ago. So that the one with like South Carolina and UNC. 18. Dub, yeah, 18. Yeah, so 2018. You, you know how we had all that rain during the regional and there was – Oh, yes. <laughs> they, they had several delays. I, I mean, I had to go back to work like the – I had to go. I had to go to work like the next day. I took off work one day and went down there. I had tickets, and for that last game, before that last game, I uh, I went to Sup Dogs because there was a rain delay, and I went to Sup Dogs. There was a lot of people in Sup Dogs. They were like, "We have no outdoor seating, or like we have no seating indoors." And this was before they had like the covered out outdoors. This was when it was still right. old Sup Dogs. They had they had some uh, tables out in the parking lot at that time. Um, I guess they were doing their. They didn't remodeling. have the deck. They didn't have the second level. No, they, they, no, this no, is no, this is when they were. This is when they were doing the remodeling for for all that. So they had gotcha. the whole deck closed, and so there's this picture of me and, and a couple other friends sitting out in the pouring rain, chugging a sup crush, on on sup dogs Instagram. So I, I love sup dogs. I, I I can't get enough of that. It's place. both. It's both inspiring and concerning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I had to get ready for the for the that was the night ECU uh, got knocked out unfortunately. Was that the late game? Oh, that was the night that they lost. Okay, that was the UNCW game. Gotcha. Yep. So I mean, yeah. The second I, one, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that that that, that was a tough day, but um, at least I got got to enjoy a sub crush and a, a wet. Um, I mean, days can be tough, but they're a little better with a little sub dog. A little sub dog, exactly. Yep. Can't be too upset with a little sub dog. No. We'll, we'll we'll get a group down there and we'll have a live podcast. Um, do a reunion of all of our of all of our guests at one point. But, wow, which is a lot at that this point. That would be quite a reunion. Yes, yeah. we'll we'll just have a massive party. Maybe maybe we can uh, talk to Brett about doggy jams or something. I'm putting all this stuff out there in the world, and we haven't even talked to him <laughs> about like yeah yeah like like. <laughs> so. But Corey, thank you again for joining us uh, this week on the Boneyard Podcast. We we really appreciate Absolute it. Absolute blast. This, this mm-hmm. is this has been one of, I mean, we we say this a lot, but like every every time, all of our guests are so unique and so um, interesting and fun to talk to. I, I've had a blast talking to you about ECU baseball, yep. about your career. Um, so thank you again. We're gonna ha- we'll have to have you on again um, sometime, maybe Absolutely. during the season, and and uh, and keep this thing rolling okay I, w- I would love to before i go even though you probably have like a time limit you know the sweet spot of how long a podcast <laughs> should be one of you is from the chicago area am i correct that would be that would be me yes that's you absolutely yes. whereabouts what do you mean where about are you oh, from the city of chicago tinley park tinley park, tinley park. That's, tinley that's park. Right. yes i mean tinley I, park i mean i, I over on I'm, over on the south side See, I'm not from Chicagoland per se. I was uh-huh. born in Rockford. Okay. Um, yeah, I know where Rockford's at. I, I graduated from Northern 
And so I, I've spent two and a half years in DeKalb right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. I, are you wearing a Chicago shirt right now? I'm, I'm not. No, this, this is a fraternity shirt, actually. I saw yeah. Shy, and I yeah. thought <laughs> maybe. But uh, no, I, I, I thought one of you was from my neckish of the yes, woods. Yes, absolutely. Area, absolutely. But, uh, love, love, love my Chicago area sports teams. Love my city even though uh, sadly we're not doing too good in, in anything right now, but um, definitely love where I'm from. White Sox no, are going to be pretty no. good this year. White they Sox are going to be pretty be good, bad. yes. White Sox and the Blackhawks are somehow good right now, but they shouldn't be. And the Bears yeah. might be trading for a bad quarterback. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, for, for the last 80 years, that's, yeah, that's for, just what we for do. My- I had to get that out there. I knew one of you. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just having my pain, honestly. Oh yeah, Uh, uh, just uh, decades long pain. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah. I I honestly meant to bring it up earlier because I I knew, I knew you went to Northern Illinois, but that 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 was one of those things I I just didn't get to. But no, that's that's Jimmy Garoppolo's neck of the woods, right? Didn't he go northern? No, those are fighting words. He went Eastern. Eastern. Okay, I knew it was Jordan Lynch, Michael Turner, Garrett Wolf. That's, that's okay. 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 Jimmy my, Ward, my, my apologies. My apologies. Wow. We, were, <laughs> we had such a great moment. Then it just, right. It didn't just... yeah, don't be bringing that Garoppolo crap into my house. Unless he becomes the Bears quarterback, which might be the case. Yeah, that honestly could happen. Yeah. yeah. So, so you are, you're, you're a Bears fan. I know you're, a, you're a Brewers fan, right? Yeah. This is confusing. Uh, I, I am, I'm a Brewers fan. I'm a Bucks fan because my father is from Milwaukee. Okay, that I, makes family sense. there. I, I started go. I started my college life in Milwaukee. That's okay. my Milwaukee is kind of my second home to be honest. Gotcha. Um, but my my mom's an Illinois girl, and so uh, the Blackhawks became kind of part of my life once they started being worthwhile. And then my sister and I every year we would trade off who would be a Packers fan and who would be a Bears fan <laughs> to make our parents happy uh and then when the Packers won the Super Bowl in 97 uh when Favre beat the Patriots mm-hmm. my sister had the Packers that year and she came up to me and said she was going to stay a Packers fan so I have been saddled with the Bears ever my since. entire life ever <laughs> and they brought me nothing nothing she's definitely been with the better organization I oh I mean that. she's dealt with a lot of crushing defeats here of late that but, is true um, yeah I, I mean the Bears haven't even been in those positions so <laughs> now you, you're, y'all aren't going to get any like sympathy from me I'm, a, I'm an Atlanta sports fan so I mean yeah Falcons Braves I, I've dealt with it all yeah I get it I understand you go through it too yep yeah but Corey, thanks again for, for joining us. I, I know we've taken up a lot of your time. This has been a true blast. Um, we're gonna, we're, I'm going to keep Absolutely. the whole thing in. I'm not even going to edit out the last part. We're just going to keep it all in. <laughs> oh, so, sweet. <laughs> yeah, so they'll, they'll get to hear all this fun why, talk. why would you edit out that part? But that was the best part anyway. Yeah. Talking about Chicago. That was when we started bonding. Yeah. Exactly. Seriously, we'll we'll have to we'll have to get the sub dogs and, and bond over a sub crush sometime soon, okay? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Gentlemen, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Once again, that was our interview with Corey Glory, the play-by-play voice of your East Carolina Pirates baseball. He's also, I mean, he's also called uh, some basketball games um, when times are in normal times, when maybe there's a layover or a, a similarity in, in the schedule with football and basketball. Um, Artie, let's, let's go ahead and give our season predictions. There's 56 games on the calendar. Um, 
I, mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping that all games get played. Um, that's not for sure. Yeah. But who knows? Ho- hopefully, hopefully we can get all games played. So the first se- series starts with a uh, with a three game home weekend series against Rhode Island. Um, that starts mm-hmm. ne- on Friday, February nineteenth. Um, which of, actually, I, I want to make a quick note. All of the home games this year. All the um, home games you'll be able to watch on ESPN Plus. So go ahead and do that. Go go get ESPN nice. Plus, and and you'll be able to see all home games um, this year on ESPN Plus, um, which which is awesome, especially since mm-hmm. you're not going to have uh, people out in the jungle going nuts um, to to watch these games. So ESPN Plus. Uh, Got three games next weekend. I I, I got to say, I mean, Rhode Island's a good team. I think that you at least win the series. I think this is a series that ECU can sweep. Uh, it's going to be tough though with without Gavin Williams, um, who I mean, we everybody thought was going to be the the Friday starter. But um, mm. like we talked about in the interviews, I think there's enough depth for ECU to possibly pull out um, the season opener or season opening sweep. Um, sweet. Yeah. Your thoughts? I could. Um. I, I. I agree with you. I could absolutely see a season opening sweep. I could also see us, you know, winning the first two games, uh, handedly, decisively, and then maybe kind of relaxing on that third. Not not relaxing, but kind of taking it off a little bit. Looking looking maybe looking forward to the next series. So, but I don't. I don't think we start any worse than two and one. Yeah. And then you got you got a game against Duke on on Tuesday. That following Tuesday, the twenty third. Um, 4 p.m. in Greenville. So once again on ESPN Plus. Then a three-game series against Georgia Southern and a, uh, a a midweek game against Old Dominion on Wednesday, the following Wednesday. Um, mm. So there's five games there. I, I, I Duke is a winnable game. Georgia Southern, they're yeah. they're a good program. I, I think I'm gonna say you probably win that series. Um, and then Old Dominion, they're they're always a decent team, but um, I, I think that I think that's a win. So right now I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I have ECU to start the season going into the Leclerc Classic. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I, I have ECU six and two at least. Um, six by, and two. Yeah, that's that's where I had them. By by the time that you hit the Leclerc Classic, which the Leclerc Classic usually you have three different teams coming in. This it's gonna be a little bit different this year with uh, COVID and all. Going to have mm-hmm. App State um, travel to Greenville to, to play in the LeClaire Classic. This is going to be a good game. It'll get everybody uh, kind of pumped up for the football season opener uh, back, and later in September. Um, kind of re-revive this uh, this rivalry we have going on with, with App State. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, think, <clears throat> I, I think these are all three winnable games. Um, so, I got – right now I got – ECU at nine and two. Yeah, I would I would agree with you. I, you know, I think um, you know we we drop one to Rhode Island. I think we I think we sweep Georgia Southern. To be honest with you, I think that's a that's a series we can sweep. Uh, Duke, like you said, is a winnable game, but that's a toss up. They're 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 a pretty good program. Um, I know you had mentioned Old Dominion. I think that's a that's a game we probably get. Uh, anytime you get App State in any you know sport at at, at ECU, just to kind of renew that rivalry, like you said, 
that's always a good time. And, and, and I think that's going to be a good game because App State does have a good program. App State is no scrub in anything. They don't, they don't suck at really, at really anything. So um, I, I, I agree with you. I think we start nine and two after it's all said and done and, and kind of put ourselves on the right track to kind of steamroll throughout the, throughout the season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then following the LeClaire Classic, you have a you finish up your series with uh, your home and home series with Duke. Go on the road on Tuesday. Um, that's in Durham. Got I gotta think that uh, I I think you sweep Duke. Honestly, I, I think um, okay. they're, they're they're good, but they they've never really brought the uh, they've never really brought it when ECU plays. ECU has always kind of had their number. So I got ECU ten and two. Charlotte, I think you may drop one of those games. Um, Charlotte's got some really strong arms. Um, I mean, they, they got a bunch of guys that are looking at being top five-round draft picks um, mm-hmm. in this year's draft. So, I, I think you might drop one of those one of those games. So, looking at it, what is it? I've got 10-2. Uh, and two. I'm losing count of games now. <laughs> you, you, you had to drop one to Charlotte, so that's 10-3. and three. Ten and three, okay. So, give me a second. You, three, four, seven, eight, eleven, twelve. <laughs> Come on, okay. Jake. So fifteen. So I think we're twelve and three after after there you a go. series against Charlotte. Okay. I would. I would. I would agree. Um, I don't think we sweep Charlotte. I, I think we definitely lose one to Charlotte. We could possibly lose two to Charlotte. I don't see it, but we could. Um, I would I would agree with you though twelve and three. Um, I, I think we dropped one to Duke though. I I I, I do think we we're, we're gonna drop one to Duke. I don't I don't think we sweep Duke, um, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, and then I, I think I think really one of the things that looking at it, I think we may drop a game to uh to like UNCW. I mean that's always a good game. I, I'd rather I'd honestly rather watch three games of UNCW ECU than three games against App State. Um, th- those are two teams that. They, I mean, that's you want to talk about a real rivalry. That's a real rivalry in, in college baseball. UNCW and yeah. they do not like each other. Um, so, I, I think at that point, if you might lose that game against UNCW. So, fifteen and four, um, Illinois State. They're they're an all right team. Um, looking at their their schedule from last year, I mean, I think they were they were just above five hundred. I think they were like ten and seven. Um, going into the to the COVID shutdown, um, we don't need to spend too much time on Illinois State. We're gonna get that dub. Yeah, so I got <laughs> I got uh, eighteen and four. I think you beat Carolina um, at Carolina. Um, take two from St. John's, and then I think you mm-hmm. beat Carolina again. I, I I'm not sold on in either of the ACC teams we play. Um, they're good, but I mean if if we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose to Carolina. We're not gonna lose to we're not gonna lose to Duke. I don't think. Um, and then, okay. conference wise, I, I think I mean, Cincinnati's always a little tougher. Um, right. But you got Central Florida in the mix. Yeah, UCF UCF's gonna be good. They got some good arms. Um, Houston's usually pretty good. Wichita State's usually pretty good. Tulane can win a game here yeah. and there, but like. I mean, the conference is deep, but I, I don't mm-hmm. – I mean, is it going to be like it was a couple of years ago when we won every series in, in conference play? I don't know, especially playing four games 
in three days. Um, that that's going to be different this year. But I do think that uh, I think ECU comes out on top, is the number one seed in in the conference tournament when everything's all said and done, and they head down to Clearwater, Florida for the for the American Athletic Tournament. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of it all, I gotta I gotta say ECU is probably pushing. Uh, they're they're probably pushing. I would say forty three and twelve, um, or forty three and thirteen. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I, I would like to give them some more wins. I would like to see them get to forty-five and eleven going into going into the postseason. But um, forty-five and eleven is pretty excellent. I mean, that, that, that's that's pretty excellent. I mean, anytime you can get forty wins in in college baseball, that that's good. Um, but I, I think right. I, I was I, I was going to say forty and sixteen actually. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I hope it's. I hope that's not the case because if that's the case, then we might be seeing that ECU is. Not a not seen as as a top twenty five team, um, so I'm hope I'm hoping that 40, you don't you don't think forty sixteen having a top twenty five not you think not gonna be twenty five teams better than that, especially when you have like how deep the SEC is. I mean the ACC is usually pretty okay. deep. Pac twelve is pretty good. Big twelve is pretty good. Um, then you got some of these smaller conferences, um, like I believe it's like the SWAC with like uh, Pepperdine you, and. Fullerton out there in uh, in California, um, th- those those teams are always really good and always in the mix. They're they're like your Gonzagas, your Xavier's, your uh, Butlers from Gonzaga. Did I already say Gonzaga? But they're they're like those teams yeah. in basketball out west. They're they're just kind of always good, you know. Um, and, and nobody really knows about them until you play ba- baseball. Right, and and we both believe ECU is absolutely going to have forty plus wins. What do you think we can get over forty five? I'm not going to say we can. On that? I, I don't. I don't see forty five over forty five in the regular season. Like I said, I, I think we're more around forty three, forty four. Um, but uh, if okay. we if we get to forty five, we're we're in a good spot. Um, we're in a good spot to host a regional. And then mm-hmm. um, if if we if we were to go over forty five, we're we're a top. We're a top ten team in the country. That's top ten. Yeah, absolutely. Any anything close to fifty wins would have to be top ten. Got got yeah. If, if you're pushing fifty <laughs> wins in a fifty six game season, yeah, you're you're a top ten team. I don't <laughs> care who you are. I don't care. I don't care if you're the Probably University of Alaska. Five. I don't care if you're the University of Alaska and all you play <laughs> are the Eskimos. You're a top. You're a top five team. <laughs> just, just saying. I hear you. But hear you. uh, already. It's time to walk the plank. You uh, you got one? Yes, sir. I, I do have one. I, I do have one. And this was actually – I think you're going to like this one a little bit because you have uh, – you've been ragging on the NBA since you came out the womb. Uh, you've especially been ragging on the Nets as of late. And I'm going to agree with you. My, my walk the plank this week is the Brooklyn Nets. Um, they have assembled probably the greatest offensive shooting backcourt team maybe in the history of basketball. The only problem with the Brooklyn Nets is that they do not know how to play defense, like at all. They, they give up 15 to 23s a night. They give up over 115, over 120 points a game. Uh, they're letting teams like the Cleveland Cavaliers beat them twice in the same season. Um, it's just absurd to me how you can have a basketball team with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden who can – all score 60 whenever they want to, um, but they can't somehow 
get back on the defensive side of the ball and just play a little bit of defense. They don't have to be good defensive players. They don't have to be great. Just just decent, just, just a little decent, and they'll win most of their games by 20, 30 points easily. But the, the, the lack of, you know, the lack of detail, the lack of, 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 you know, appreciation for any sort of defensive play, and they lost most of their bench too when they, when they made that trade for James Harden. So the Brooklyn Nets are in deep, deep trouble right now. I don't think they match up well with any team out West, any good team out West. I don't think they match up good with the Celtics. I don't think they match up good with the Sixers. Um, Joel Embiid is playing out of his mind right now. So as much as it pains me to say this, I got to agree with Jared Shaffitt. Uh, the NBA is going soft and more defense needs to be played. I still love my, my, my National Basketball Association. I'm still going to watch it. But the Brooklyn Nets walk the damn plank because somebody needs to tell y'all you, you, you're too good not to be playing defense. So that's it. And that's the only time I'm going to give Jared some credit on the NBA. Yeah, I mean, there's a I saw someone where it was like uh, Steph and I think it was Kevin Durant. I couldn't really see the face. It, it, it looked like his uh, – his bald spot, his little bald spot on, on the back of his head. Um, <laughs> hey, leave KD alone, man. Ch- chopping it up on, at half court before the game. And I was like, I mean, y'all, you, can, you can have friends in, in the league. That, that's perfectly fine. No, that, that, I, I, don't, I don't mind that. I don't, I don't mind that. But when it comes to game time, you are my enemy. Like, like, like I am trying to get at you. you. You can dab somebody up after the game, but before the game during warm-ups, I don't want to talk to you. I don't, I don't want to see you. We, we, we got to understand, they, they won two championships together. They're not going to sit and just, you know, oh, I hate him. I, I well, no. screw him and his family. No, that's well, not going to – they won championships together. Like, no, yeah, I, I get that. I, I do get – I get that part of it. But I look at it from the sports that I watch. And, I mean, football is, isn't a good representation of, of that because you'll see it there too at times. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they do the same thing in football. But in football at least – Theirs is usually after the game, right? Hugging each other after the game. I mean, you, you just swapping jerseys and stuff yeah, like that. that. That's cool, but I don't want to see you like laughing before a game. Like you're there, you're there for business. Get your business done and and, right. and do your job, and then you can chop it up. I don't care. That that that's just me. That's just me. Um, no, I, I and I, I see what you're saying. Like, I see what you're saying. I mean, when it comes to game time, that yeah. dog mentality's got to it's got to click in. Yeah, I mean. You, if you were to watch any NHL game, they may you may see somebody tap somebody's shin pads before a game, and maybe say something like, "Hey man, how's it going?" But not have a full blown conversation during warm ups about whatever else is going on. I mean, do just do your job. I mean, you're there for a job, and I mean you can you can. But be, but you got you also got to understand. Go ahead. I was gonna say you can you can be boys with with somebody, but w- before the game and during the game, that person is your rival for for the next hour, and mm-hmm. that that's how that's how I see it. And but you know hockey and basketball are two polar opposites though. You know because ho- hockey well, is a true a true man's you know, that's, game. That's that's you you show up. Yeah, I mean, and, and I agree with you. You show up, you get your job done, you go home, you take care of the wife and kids. The NBA is, is is so celebrity. It's it's so big time. It's you know when you when you're prima best donnas. friends with Jay Z and Beyonce. Exactly, you got divas and you got prima donnas. It's a fashion show. It's you know. It's, I, I don't it's, I don't care know, what you're reality wearing on TV. I don't care what you wear like on the way to the game. I don't I don't care. I, I don't care if you yeah. dress like N- the Dirk National Nervinsky. Basketball Association. <laughs> 
it's a it's a full soap opera is is what i'm trying to say and, yeah and, and hockey is not that at and, all and, and so you either you either buy into the soap opera or, or you don't and, and i don't buy in at all and that that's why i don't watch the nba right. and we uh, we've talked about that a ton um but already i've got i've got <laughs> i've got a i could have two um i tweeted about one earlier this week um but i'm gonna go, i'm gonna go with this uh one that actually just broke here in the last like hour or so, right before we hopped on, I was reading about it. Um, Alex Galchenyuk, he uh, he got traded with Cedric Paquette. Who? Alex Galchenyuk, former third overall Who? pick. Alex Galchenyuk, you like that name? <laughs> oh man, I, I I honestly I think I, I'm trying to remember where he's from. I, I don't. He you would think with that name he'd be like Russian or something. I don't think he is. Let's see where where is Alex. I mean, that could be Slovenian. That could be you know Swedish. You know that could, he could be from Denmark. I mean, he could be anywhere in, in Europe. Guess where he's from. Take a guess. Yugoslavia. If you had to, is that the country you would pick? If you, that's if you my guess. Pick, Yugoslavia. He's from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Galchenyuk. Oh man. Uh, he was drafted third overall in 2012 by the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, since then, he's played for uh, Montreal, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Arizona, and Ottawa. Well, yesterday he was involved mm-hmm. in a trade to the Carolina Hurricanes, my team. Shout out, Hurricanes. Uh, he was traded for Ryan Dezingle along with uh, Cedric Paquette. Um, and I mean, he he was drafted third overall. I mean, this is like. I mean, this is like somebody like. Give give me where where was uh, where was Chris Paul drafted? Oh man, I, I mean, he was top ten. I don't I don't know. Actually, he was top five. I yeah, don't remember so, the actual number though. He, but he wasn't number one. It's, it's like it's like it's like a Car, it's like a Carmelo Anthony. I think I think Carmelo was like two or three. It's, it's like a Carmelo. Yeah. So that that's what you're expecting to get out of him. Well, he hasn't done any of that. He hasn't done any of the things that he's – you would think that a third overall draft pick would, would do. Um, well, mm-hmm. he, uh, he found out – oh, man, this was on his birthday too. His birthday was February 12th. So, <laughs> poor guy. Um, he, he, gets, he gets traded the day after his birthday, and then – the day after he gets traded, mm. literally less than 24 hours after the trade goes through, he finds out he's been put on waivers and the team is basically <laughs> trying to release him. Former that third is the ultimate. Pick. Nobody wants you, bro. You've been Nobody on six teams. Nobody wants you. You've been on six teams in your oh. nine-year career, and nobody – like, you haven't performed anywhere. You, you're all right in Montreal, but that was it. Hey. Um, Look, at least, at least he made it nine years, and he got a little money. What did what did uh what did J Cole say? It's a cold world, no blanket. So that's true. Yeah. So uh, on on February thirteenth, twenty twenty one, Galchenyuk, along with Cedric Paquette, was traded to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for Ryan Dezingle. And uh, yeah, he. I mean, he, he's no longer on the Hurricanes. If, if he clears waivers, he mm. he could still be on the Hurricanes, but it, that's just kind of a slap in the face. Um, sorry, man. I, I think he'll uh, not think, two days after his birthday though. Uh, I, I think what will, will eventually happen. I think he'll eventually um, probably leave the NHL 
and probably head over to Russia for the KHL. Um, you can make some bank there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, yep. I, I think your NHL days are done for a while now. Um, so that's that's my walk the plank. Um, Artie, do you got anything else? I don't have nothing else to add, brother. I'm all I'm all out. I'm fresh out. All righty. Well, um, we, we hope you enjoy this. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to be doing some big things. Uh, we're, we're talking about doing a Facebook group on on Facebook where you can interact with us rather than just our page. You, you can uh, join. You can ask questions. You can talk to other ECU fans. So be on the lookout for that. We'll be posting that on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, make sure you subscribe, like us. Send us a review. Please send us a review. That that's that's uh, how we know what how what we're doing well. That's how we so, get better, baby. That's how we get better. So Artie, um, you got any final thoughts? ECU baseball to the natty. That's All right, my you, final thoughts. ECU heard, baseball to the natty. You heard it here. Wash your butts, wash your hands, and uh, stay safe, Fire Nation. <laughs> Peace. Absolutely. Until next week, Fire Nation. Bye.